Hi, and welcome to this podcast series, This PhD Thinks, with me, Jovina Ang. I'm here to talk to the PhD community. Talking to these individuals have challenged me, made me think differently, and helped me grow as a leader and a person. And I hope you'll be able to take away a thing or two from the conversations with my guests. In this inaugural episode of This PhD Things, I thought we'll start with something that is very important to work in life today. And that something is data. And my very good friend, Eric Sandersham, has got such a unique perspective about data. To me, data is the numbers. And I think that's where many people make that narrow uh, interpretation and in doing so they sometimes frighten themselves into not wanting to get involved with it or learn more about it because oh I, I'm not a numbers person so data is not for me uh, but the reality is data actually uh, in a more general perspective uh, is just symbols of information. My very first guest for this podcast series is Eric Sandersham. Eric is the founder of Red and White Consulting, an adjunct professor, and a data wizard. Hey, Eric, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Joe Rovina, and congratulations on launching this podcast. Yes, it's, it's taken me two years in the making, <laughs> and I know you probably got sick of me telling you about it, and it never came out. So finally, it's coming out. Well and done. I'm so glad that you are my very first guest. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's really my honor. We go back a long time, but let's focus on data today. Why do you have this fascination with data? Um, I, I started out as a mathematician, and, and that was what I was really good at in school, in the universities. Um, and in mathematics, uh, in the purest form of mathematics, actually, we, we, it's not about numbers. It's really about representation, structure, right. pattern, logic. Um, and I look at data in a very similar way. So to me, data is the numbers. And I think that's where many people make that narrow uh, interpretation. And in doing so, they sometimes frighten themselves into not wanting to get involved with it or learn more about it because, oh, I, I'm not a numbers person, so data is not for me. Uh, but the reality is data actually, uh, in a more general perspective, uh, is just symbols of information. Eric, you once told me that language is a form of data. Talk about Apple. In uh, maths, if you had to express Apple as a mathematical formula, an apple is an apple. But in English, if I will say apple, uh, you hear the word apple, but you conjure something in your mind. Uh, some people like you know, uh, red apples, green apples. Some people like apples, some people don't. Some people have good or bad experience, you know, right? Uh, and, and so different people take away uh, very different meanings, emotions, right? Resonance with, with, that, with that word apple when it's conveyed as, a, as an English language, uh, which is great because that is the intention in some sense to make it imprecise. And so if we take a step back now and talk about so data as, as uh, symbols of information or representing information, uh, we can choose to represent information precisely 
but we can also choose to represent information imprecisely. Uh, and that imprecision sometimes gives opportunities for new information creation. That's a very interesting way of looking at data. Yeah. Now, let us turn it back to work, right? How do you think this precise and imprecise aspects of data can help a person to be better at work? Uh, so the act of, of consuming all these signals around us in the world or, or representation of information, which is data, right? And mm-hmm. it, it can be visually, you, you see something, you hear something, you taste something, right? Mm-hmm. Food gives off signals uh, or you, you see numbers. Um, your brain is called upon to turn those symbols of information into the right interpretation. Now, not all of us sometimes... Uh, good at interpreting the same signal, right? Uh, two persons receiving this, looking at the same picture takes away something different. Two persons looking at the same number, um, if you change the context, may interpret it very differently. Um, and I think rather than saying hey, people need to be more familiar with data, I think people need to be more f- sort of cognizant and a bit you know, reflexive, reflective of how they interpret those symbols of information and train themselves or or become aware that actually there may be different interpretations of those symbols because they are imprecise. And if I can be a little bit more precise and sometimes it is meant to be precise in the interpretation but I'm the one at fault and I I sort of misinterpret it. And how do I train myself to interpret so to me, I think the, the 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 gap in society today is not about you know not being familiar with numbers or data, but being unfamiliar with the interpretation of these symbols. So basically, what you're saying is that data is comprises of inputs coming into like a processing uh, machine, and then you get the outputs. But how how do how then do you train yourself so that you want to achieve the desired output? Because that's something that leaders today have to do a lot in terms of decision-making, looking at all the data that's precise as well as imprecise data. How then would somebody combine these aspects of data and make a good decision? Okay, I I think it starts by first questioning assumptions or, or maybe just accepting that actually we bring a lot of sometimes um, legacy bias in the sense of the way we choose to want to interpret a a particular symbol of of information. Yeah, so tell us more then, how then do we we not be encumbered by our past so that we continue to make good decisions? So I, I would always start with believing or at least expecting that our initial assumptions are wrong. I, I do I, I do a lot of consulting today, right? And in, 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 in this data analytic, okay. data science uh, yes. domain. Um, and the clients who come say, look, you know, we've been looking at this problem, here's some data, but we can't seem to crack it. We can't seem to solve it. Um, and it's not about the data that's the problem, maybe not even about the algorithm or the treatment that's the problem. Uh, I start to go back to the sort of first objectives, maybe our assumptions about what this data represents, again, symbols of you know representation of information, maybe our assumptions on that representation is incorrect. Okay. 
And I know you've been reading a lot about the future of data. So tell us a bit more. Where do you see the this data? Yeah, I, I, I think people are unhealthily getting caught up in the AI hype. Is AI important? Yes, it can do things that we couldn't do before. It could replace some of our abilities on a, on a grander scale, like you know, sort of self-driving car. And then, you know, sort of don't have too many of the men in the middle uh, for that. Um, so, so AI, I think it's important, but we're all getting so caught up as, you know, AI will be the panacea of all our problems. Yeah, but then AI is only as good as what data you pump it pump into it, right? Correct. Actually, there are sort of two, two, two halves to it. Uh, I mean, AI, AI needs good data. And when I say good data, that means it is the right representation yes. of the information. Again, it's simple. So what, what the AI sees, because not like us, we see number, we recognize it's number, we recognize it's a word. The AI sees everything yep. in bits and bytes, ones and zeros. The, the number one is represented in a series of ones and zero. The letter A is represented as a series of ones and zero. So the AI only sees one kind of symbol of representation of information. Yeah. Uh, so that that's that's one aspect of getting the right symbols into the into the, the machine so that it it's correctly represented. But there's the other big half is how do I interpret? Mm-hmm. Even if I got that right symbol, the the, the you know, as you say, like it's a good this data is a good proxy to a phenomenon. How do I interpret it or combine it in the right sense so that I can bring to bear the right way to interpret it and the right way to act on it? Uh, and and of course that's the algorithm that people talk about, you know, yeah. and they sort of go hand in hand. Uh, the the challenge today is less about trying to get more data. I think the one of the, the great thing about the human mind is that we can represent some very sophisticated ideas uh, through very little data. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, th- just think think of, of of language like the word apple. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I can use the word apple uh, as as the noun itself and, 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 and refer to it, you know, I'm going to the market to buy apples. But if you read, you know, various books, the word apple could also be used as adjectives, could also be used as a way to describe something yeah. as beautiful as an apple, as fragrant as an apple. And so there, unless you've, you've eaten an apple, you know what that, that, that phrase would mean. Yeah. Right. And so language is a, uh, what we would say a very compressed uh, language, mm-hmm. because actually I can I can hide a lot of different meanings into the same word, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and this is what the, this is the beauty of the human mind, and we know the meanings most of the time. Now, of course, sometimes we misinterpret, but most of the time, we can capture this range and you know diversity uh, spectrum of interpretation mm-hmm. in a single word. Computers can't do that yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, let's turn a little bit, um, turn our conversation now to information management or or knowledge management because that's so important today. So, how do you think um, that is heading towards, and how can we leverage data more to help us to be better knowledge workers? That's correct. So, I think I think that that that's the real 
skill of the near future, which is information knowledge management, uh, given that, you know, work is going to be highly digitalized or digitized, um, whether we are going to be dealing with numbers or text or mm-hmm. images, uh, we need to be able to know how to catalog, index, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and beyond just catalog index, so you, you can catalog and say this piece of data is collected from this place and with a timestamp and it's related to other pieces of data. But you also need to catalog the interpretation you've made out of that symbol. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and that interpretation is not cast in stone. That interpretation can shift. So that interpretation shifts as society right. shifts, as the context and the environment shifts, those interpretations also shift, but they also need to be indexed and cataloged uh, you know, you know, to, to be useful. And, and so then we begin to, to understand, oh, actually now our use of some of these information to make decisions are no longer valid, right? Mm-hmm. Or becoming uh, you know, biased in, in, in different ways. Uh, we can recognize it sooner mm-hmm. and later. Right. So, you, so basically, what you're saying is that library science is becoming more and more important. Then, yeah, exactly. That's in fact that's that's the right word to use. This this thing, this term called library science. Um, very few people actually go and get a degree in library science today. But actually, the skills are far more valuable outside of academia uh, in helping organizations uh, and, and and corporations figure a way to start to catalog index mm-hmm. you know and and, and coordinate the, the 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 flow of information uh, in a much more systematic scientific approach eric i've known you for many many years you're such a great absorber of information you're such a great cataloger of information how do you do i'm curious of you know uh, by nature curious but i started to really expand my ability to uh make more connections or connect the dots uh, when I started to get into mind mapping. And I found it was very, very complementary uh, to the work I was doing in data analytics because it sort of captures, in some sense, a way of problem-solving, problem-thinking, because the mind tends to look at things more radially, radial thinking, they call it, rather than, than just sequential mm-hmm. thinking because you know right. uh, we don't move from point A to point B, sometimes we circle back on it. Um, where I see some shift in this mind map uh, is this idea called knowledge graphs. Uh, and, and knowledge graphs sits in the space of, of knowledge management, information management. And I, I came across a, a application called Obsidian uh, recently um, by a startup company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they, they use this idea of knowledge graphs uh, that extends beyond simple mind mapping to help uh, individuals or you know or companies to index information. So imagine if we were to take notes on this particular podcast, um, you may you may put right. different keywords to them. Now your choice of keywords and my choice of keywords may be different, and you know depending on our own personal experiences. Um, yeah. But and that's okay. We're all different. But beyond those keywords, I mean, we hashtag it. We put keywords. How many of us actually go back to it? We don't. Why? We don't. We we don't really, right? And so what Obsidian does is take these keywords and hashtags and say they should be spun out into another topic, uh, something like uh, knowledge graphs. Yeah, you can create a keyword called knowledge graph, and then tomorrow you start reading topics on knowledge graph. You can link that that reading into this keyword. 
Now, in, in, in the traditional way, when we used to note take, we would have kept these two notes separate in whatever folders that we've, we, we use our application. And we may happen to stumble upon it over time, but they're not necessarily linked up and easy to access. Interesting. I'll definitely check out Knowledge Graphs. Thank you, Eric. I got so much out of our conversation today. And I really like the way you describe data as symbols of information. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I hope you took away a thing or two from Eric. Stay tuned for the next podcast. <laughs>